What's going on and welcome into a game day edition of the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm Daniel Salerson as the Pelicans welcome in the reigning champion Milwaukee Bucks inside the Smoothie King Center. Of course, the way the Pelicans schedule is going, they're back home just for one game and then we'll hit the road again tomorrow and take on the 76ers on Sunday. We're going to do a little bit of a roundtable discussion. We're going to put a bow on what happened on Wednesday night in Oklahoma City. If you missed it, I don't even know what to say right now. If you missed what happened on Wednesday night, because we've been talking about it for the last couple of days. Of course, Avante Graham hitting the 61-foot buzzer-beating shot to the beat, defeat the Oklahoma City Thunder 113 to 110. And joining us are the two people that were on the call on the Pelicans Radio Network, Todd Graffinini and Aaron Summers. And of course, Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans.com has joined me today as well. So I'm going to start with the broadcast crew. Uh, to talk about what went down. I'll start with Todd, and then we'll get to Aaron. But, Todd, what the heck was going through your mind? One, as SGA nailed that 30-footer, and then right after that, Devontae hits the buzzer beater. Kind of as a broadcaster, what's going through your mind during that time? Well, Daniel, uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. We're going to get back to the harsh reality of the NBA tonight after uh, basking in the glow, so to speak, yesterday of uh, all the coverage of that shot. I can honestly tell you, literally, when Gilgis Alexander's ball went through the net, the first thing that popped into my mind, and it's crazy when you think about it because we're, we're talking about literally seconds here uh, before Devontae hoisted up his shot, but I'm thinking to myself, I cannot believe this game's going to go to overtime after all the strategy that the Pelicans had to try to win the game, you know, by fouling intentionally and and, and keeping ahead by that one-point margin and then thinking that Garrett Temple is literally trying to foul SGA as he gets the shot off. All that went off in my mind just as Josh Hart is inbounding the ball to Devontae Graham. Then, of course, I mean, it was uh, just – it was unbelievable. I mean, the thing that, again, just replaying it again and again and having watched it again and again, I guess – I was proud of myself by saying good if it goes because you knew when he let the ball go that it was ahead of the buzzer. And, and I guess, you know, that was uh, something that uh, I'm going to just think about as, as this play and the call goes, continues into time because, you know, thinking about it again all day yesterday, I don't know if we're ever going to see anything like that again. I, I mean, it, it, it hasn't happened. It's the longest shot in, what, 25 years? to win a ball game and just what happened from SGA making the three to Devonte making his, you know, three quarter court shot. You don't know if we're ever going to see anything like that again. So uh, I, I'm definitely going to enjoy it. Absolutely. And Aaron, you know, this was, you've been an analyst before on different networks, but this was your first NBA radio analyst work with the Pelicans and you had one heck of a game to start with. And, you know, you can kind of hear yourself in the background reacting at the first part of Devontae Graham shot, which, which made the call even better. So from your instance, one, you're trying to control your emotions for a second to let the play go, but what's going through your mind as all this is taking place? Well, I, I mean, I was trying, but yeah, you can hear me gasp when, SGA hits his shot because I mean, just the natural reaction, it was just an unreal shot. And then, you know, Devonte Graham one ups him with this remarkable 61 foot shot. And yeah, again, you just can't completely bite your tongue. I mean, 
it was incredible. It was such a cool experience. The um, emotions from super, I mean, well, in there, it was very loud, very high. All the Thunder fans were excited to very low for them. And then for us, the opposite. And you see the guys just going crazy. Devontae Graham doesn't even know what to do. He's running around the court. And I think that, uh, you know, Todd's call was great when he's like, this got to get the heck out of Dodge because that's what they wanted to do. You know, as he said, we, we, we knew the shot was going to be good, but get out of there and don't waste any more time. <laughs> Make sure you run away with the win. Um, it was a really cool game, really cool experience. And I appreciate Todd, you know, taking me along for it. Absolutely. Yeah. An incredible call by both of you, an incredible game that went down the wire. And it's funny now that the two minute report did come out last night and said that Garrett Temple actually did foul Shea Gilgis Alexander. So we might not have had the incredible moment if the refs actually were able to call the foul, which Temple was trying to do. Of course, that is the strategy. But again, the way things ended, I guess it's okay now because it ended okay for the Pelicans. But if not, there would have been a riot after what happened, especially after last year when this did not go the Pelicans way as far as fouling at the end. Well, think about it also, Daniel. I mean, if they call the foul, that's in. That's a four-point play. Right. So, I I mean, I I shudder. I shudder to think what would have happened if that would have actually happened. So, um, it's isn't it crazy how things work out? Because if they do call the foul originally, SGA doesn't make the shot. Devontae doesn't make the shot. History isn't made. It's just things like that. You never know how the sequence of events are going to take place. And, you know, by them not calling that foul, which he did, obviously, by not calling the foul, we saw a moment that, you know, will we live forever. It's it's crazy. Jim, you've been covering this game for a long time since the peach basket was made here for basketball. <laughs> so I got to ask, what was that moment like? Where does it rank for you as far as incredible finishes to games? I mean, I think it's number one in franchise history in terms of the wildest ending to a game. I mean, how do you top that? I saw the stat that it was the longest game winner, at least of the last 25 years. I know there was probably some speculation about whether it was the longest in NBA history, but the play-by-play data only goes back to the 90s, a little bit after the peach baskets, but nonetheless, a long time. it goes a ways back of two and a half decades. Um, But yeah, it was amazing. I mean, uh, I I was... For me, I was at home and I was kind of curious about, I would love to have seen the reaction of my neighbors of to go in a span of three seconds from a massive angry groan to just going crazy and, and, and yelling. Just, I mean, I'm sure everyone had kind of a similar reaction, whether you were whatever side of the equation you were on, whether it was the Thunder or the Pelicans. So it was, it, it was really cool to see. Um, I was just, just stunned. And, and I think you referenced this a little bit, Daniel, when Shea Gilgis Alexander's shot went in, it was kind of one of those for obviously only for a few seconds, but it was kind of that feeling of you got to be kidding me because of all the stuff that happened last season at the end of games. And it, it was just, I, I was so shocked because I couldn't believe it's, it's hard to believe that th- that many negative bizarre things can happen to the same team that happened last year. And then he makes that shot where he's off balance and, not even squared up at the basket. Um, but I will say, you know, and, and we, we kind of just went over this a little bit. It turned out to be the best missed call I've seen in a long time, the way that it worked out at the end for Devontae and the team overall. The only time we'll ever thank the refs for a missed call was uh, the other night 
in Oklahoma City. It's crazy, though, because, you know, we're all expecting, as you mentioned, for Garrett to foul. So when I'm in the studio talking to our board op, I'm just casually talking to him like, all right, they're going to foul, wait for some free throws. Then SGA hits a three, and I'm like, holy cow, what just happened? I was like, all right, well, I got to cut up that highlight real quick. I'm like, wait, never mind. They're inbounding it. Holy, like, your reaction. There's not even time to react to the first three, yet alone the second three. So that's why I thought it was so important to, to talk to Todd and Aaron about what was going through their mind because you have no time to react either. You just had to go to the next play, which was inbounding it, and then the heave. So um, an incredible moment last uh, on Wednesday against Oklahoma City. And, and Jim put up a poll question, which I, I found it interesting to talk about because look this is not the first game winner for Devonte graham this season he had the the go-ahead three with just so under two seconds to go against utah which ended up being a huge win for the pelicans and ended up securing a winning road trip if it wasn't for that three so whether you want to rate it as you know a buzzer beater or the impact of the game which one is more impactful at this moment because it's a kind of a tough one based on the circumstances i'll go todd then i'll go aaron then i'll go jim todd where, where do we go here I got to go Utah because that's just such a difficult place to win. And look, you think about it now, the Pels are two and nine in clutch games and Devontae Graham has both threes, both game winning shots in those clutch games. Uh, we know how much of a struggle that has been uh, in that department. But uh, I mean, quite honestly, look, this is my third year in the league and I mean, no disrespect to any other team, but you know, you walk into, that building and you're thinking, are, are we ever going to win here? And I, I just, and that's just historically, and that's all across the league. So to get a win in Salt Lake city, I think was a little bit more impactful. Now, obviously the difficulty of the shot is Oklahoma city, but uh, I just think as far as impact, it, it's gotta be the win in Utah. What about you, Aaron? Yeah. I think that it's still to, to, to be determined because you win that game, you know, on Wednesday and you ride that momentum into this Friday night game here against the Bucks. And if you can get a win against the Bucks, albeit they're going to be a little shorthanded here, that's still going to be a huge accomplishment. And maybe that's where some of this momentum for the team, they've been putting together a lot of good games lately. They've been turning the tide a little bit, five and five, six and five in the last 11. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle things tonight um, and that they can kind of use that emotion in a good way and attack the Bucks. Before I kind of um, give my answer, I want to give a quick update that as of this morning, uh, not that long after I posted the poll, it's 73% in favor of the OKC game and 27% uh, in favor of Utah, which I kind of expected I figured people would, I mean, obviously the Graham shot was amazing, but um, I think I, I have kind of a similar thought as what Aaron said that I, I kind of want to wait to see how the team responds. Um, the next night after the Graham game winner in Utah, they got absolutely blistered and obliterated by the jazz. So there wasn't really care necessarily carryover. Um, I think most people in the NBA believe that one night doesn't really necessarily bleed into the next that everything, every game is kind of a separate thing. But I mean, I do think that that Graham shot in Utah gave the team confidence and it was a second straight win. they had just destroyed the wizards a couple nights earlier in new Orleans. So whether how much of a factor that was in the fact that the team has played a lot better since then and over the last few weeks and just been way more competitive, I'm not sure, but um, I mean, obviously everyone would love to see, the impact of 
the shot in Oklahoma City, the 61-footer, be that the team not not only obviously they need to win games to dig themselves out of the hole from the beginning of the season, but just kind of the belief that you can win games and that you can get some more of these clutch wins. As Graf mentioned, it's been a problem all season. So um, I'm pretty sure that they're not going to want to rely on 60 footers to win games, but I mean, just the mentality of knowing that you can, you can figure out ways to win games at the end. And um, I, it, it's crazy because I, you know, we talked about the missed call. I thought the Pelicans execution in the last couple minutes of the OKC game was really good. And if they call, if they make, if the referees whistle that foul, on Temple, that was another example of that they did what they were supposed to do. They made free throws at the end. There were a couple of times when I thought that, not to say that the game was over, but I thought, you know, they're in good position to win this game because they're making the right plays and the right decisions. So I, I think that's the biggest thing, um, just beyond Graham's, Graham making an amazing, miraculous shot, is just to see that the Pelicans try to carry over, playing better in the last couple of minutes of the game because, unfortunately, lately, they've gotten off to so many slow starts that they've needed to have good second halves and good, good fourth quarters. And they have not, not consistently, but sporadically been able to do that. No, it's a great point. I, I'm going to go back to Aaron's point. because I think it's actually really important based on in franchise history for this team. There's only been two buzzer beaters, the Anthony Davis buzzer beater in 2015 and this one, both against Oklahoma city, but the impact of Anthony Davis's buzzer beater that ended up solidifying the tiebreaker over the thunder to get the eighth seed. Yep. As you know, the, Thunder were battling issues with injuries with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant at the time. If AD did not hit that buzzer beater, the Pelicans are not in the playoffs last year, that year getting the eighth seed. So, yeah, we look on it back right now, and you can debate which one, but we might not know what the impact of that game is until we get to April and see where the Pelicans are. So a really good point, Aaron, on that. And um, I'll end with this for all three of you. Aaron talked about the importance of tonight's game because we've seen this team – alternating wins throughout this last 10 games haven't been able to take advantage of momentum that they've gotten from either huge road wins or even just wins against the Pistons. They come out slow against the Spurs and lose. And then you have the win on Wednesday night. So we'll go around the table one more time. We'll go to Todd first and then Aaron and Jim, as far as what sticks out to you about tonight's game against Milwaukee and the importance of it, because this is an opportunity that the Bucks are just fine without Giannis. They're two and two without him. They have plenty of firepower. Um, but what sticks out to you about tonight's matchup, Todd? We'll start with you. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, and Willie Green's going to say this before the game. He's going to, when we talk to him, he's going to be like, just because they don't have Giannis, I mean, you can't, Pelicans can't overlook anybody. We've said that countless times. And we've seen in the past, Daniel, a couple of years ago, uh, when we went up to Milwaukee, they didn't have Giannis and they took it to us. So, look, just because he's not on the floor, they have more than enough. Drew Holiday is playing fantastic right now. Chris Middleton. Uh, is is available or he was probable so I would expect him to play tonight so look it's the world champion they they're playing with a swagger right now uh, they took it to Indiana the other night a very shorthanded Milwaukee team took it to the Pacers so uh, I, I just again it's a broken record I just would love to see us come out strong in that first quarter and not have to dig out of a hole uh, like we've been doing especially after wins and um, just Try to build on that momentum. And I think we'd be very remiss uh, before I turn it over to Aaron. If we didn't mention Brandon Ingram down the stretch mm -hmm. the other night, um, look, that's the type of player he is. And I know that the narrative around the last couple of years is Brandon's not a cut, not a clutch player, not a clutch player. 
He hasn't been able to do things down the stretches of games to win games. Well, I think we saw completely the opposite the other night in Oklahoma City. He took that game over, and it's really been lost in the shuffle because of the Devontae Graham shot. What Brandon Ingram did down the stretch to win that ball game, not only was he making uh, shots, he was hitting free throws uh, to try to seal the deal. So I want to give a shout-out to B.I. because, again, the, the Graham shot has taken over the the, the narrative of that game in Oklahoma city the other night, but Brandon Ingram won that game. I think it definitely comes down to, yeah, having a, a good start because that's been a key here and they haven't been able to consistently do that. And it took a huge effort in the second half of play on Wednesday night to get the win. And I don't think the team wants to have to do that every single time they, they come out and it starts with turnovers. That was an issue to start the game. And then, to Todd's point about Brandon, he had 11 points. He was four or five from the floor, three for four from the free, 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 free throw line. <laughs> Words are hard this morning, guys. Um, and then he had it's a okay. steal. Yeah, <laughs> he had a steal as well. So he was huge down the stretch. But I think it was even more uh, of a, a moment for Devontae Graham in the way that he was able to score throughout the game. He hit a couple threes early in the game. So if he can step up and be that counterpart to Brandon Ingram Friday night, I mean, that's going to be big for this team because Brandon needs some help. You're spot on, Aaron. And don't forget, we had a, he had a three taken away from him when right. they, they challenged that call and overturned. So he actually should have had three more points than he did. And look, that's the Devontae Graham we need to see each and every night, playing consistent basketball, knocking those threes down because he – is capable of doing it. And if you get that Devontae Graham on a night in and night out basis, it completely turns this Pelicans offense. Jim, to, tie, to tie together um, part of what Todd and Aaron just talked about, um, a couple of the fan duel keys to the game that I have in line for this for tonight and that'll be discussed in the arena. Um, bet, one of them is better start that Aaron talked about um, Pelicans have actually lost the first quarter in all seven games they've played in December. They haven't won a first quarter since the uh, Jonas Valanciunas amazing performance at the Clippers where he made seven threes. And obviously that was a big reason why they had a great first half. So that's um, one fact that they have to try to uh, reverse and turn around. Um, some of those quarters, first quarters, they've lost by two or four points. So it hasn't been a, a huge, you know, problem but nonetheless it's crazy to see a team have that many games in a row where they're not starting fast and then one of the other keys I have is a healthy fear of the deer meaning that um the Bucks have a lot of good players even if Giannis isn't playing we mentioned everyone knows Drew Holiday Chris Middleton they have a bunch of other role players though that have also played pretty well when given the opportunity to log more minutes um Jordan Nawara is a guy that has started recently and I've been impressed with him since the first game of the season where he was really good against Brooklyn when they um, really tore apart the nets in the opening game of the season so really um, just the mentality of realizing that you know you can't let down in any way Milwaukee's still very good they beat the Pacers pretty handily in their last game even though they didn't have Giannis and they've won you know games consistently over the years even when they don't have I mean they, they've been almost unbeatable when they have all of their main guys, but they're still a good team when Giannis and other players have been out this year. Well, one, I can't believe you gave Todd Graffinini a temple rub this early in the morning with the uh, stat about seven straight <laughs> first quarter losses. 
We definitely didn't want that. Also, <laughs> thanks for uh, putting some sponsorship elements in there with your FanDuel keys. We'll be look, able to look out for them. So, Jim, uh, on the nose here. And we definitely don't want an unhealthy fear of the deer mentality tonight as the Pelicans welcome in the reigning champion, Milwaukee Bucks. That's a great podcast, a great discussion. Todd Graffinini and Aaron Summers will be part of the call on the Pelicans radio network along with John DeShazer at 7 o'clock. Jim Offer will join me post-game as well. And you can look out again for his shoot-around update on pelicans.com. Hope we're talking about a Pelicans win over the Bucks and the Sixers over the weekend. And we'll be back with you on Monday to get you ready for a Tuesday matchup with the Portland Trail Blazers. I hope everyone has a great weekend. Again, big thanks to Jim and Aaron and Todd and my daughter in the background making her presence felt here. And we'll talk to you on Monday. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seeky.